Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Culture. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new winter, Colts and Culture. Here with me today is Dan. Hi, Dan. Hello, you maggot. <laughs> Atmosphere. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. I've been um, I've been a bit poorly recently, and um, I got some pills from the doctor. But, uh, seems to clear everything Stop up. Stop whatever you're doing. <laughs> Look to the person <laughs> on your left. <laughs> Nasty side effects. It seems to have given me some kind of like gatekeeper syndrome. Um, He just keeps rearing his head every now and then. It's really become quite boring, actually, quite tedious, especially at work. So um, hopefully he won't rear his head again. I'm imagining you walking around with a nightmare kit and a VHS still. (laughs) Have you got a VHS player? No gatekeeper. Whatever you have to address him as. <laughs> no. no, my gatekeeper. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, yeah, t- today we're doing another three hits and a shit. Uh, for those that don't know, we take four songs each, three of which we like, one of which we don't like, and play it to the other person who hasn't um, already heard uh, what we're going to be presenting. If that makes sense. Well, you might have heard it, might have heard the song, but we haven't told each other what they are, I should say. It's mm-hmm. a mystery. It's a surprise. Um, a song unboxing, if you will. Um, a song within a song. Like yes. a Russian doll of songs. Uh, within a podcast. Um, within two pairs of pants. <laughs> so <laughs> join us on this self-discovery. Um <laughs> So, yeah, so Dan, have you uh, been to any gigs recently or anything like that? Um, any, any music news? Music news. God, what was the last gig I went to? I think the last one I went to was um, that Deerhoof and Trash Kit, which, uh, you know, I probably right. read the Trash trash Kit song on the uh, podcast a few weeks ago or a month ago or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. What have I done since then? I have seen something, but I can't for the life of me remember what it was. Uh, and how's your, your YouTube channel going? Do you want to do a quick little bit for that? Yeah, um, it's plateaued. Um, <laughs> so I've got my YouTube channel, Dreadful Discs, where I kind of show off a record each episode and sort of talk about some of the packaging, a little bit about the mm-hmm. recording, um, and like some of my thoughts on each on each record. But I've got to a point where I was a bit dissatisfied with the uh, visual quality, so I'm waiting to up-spec, and then I'm going to hit it hard. Mm. So subscribe, hard, subscribe in the interim, because there's going to be a a wave of content coming. Yeah, it's Dreadful annoying. Content. Dreadful content. It's annoying how, well, it's not annoying, I know there's a reason for it, YouTube don't give you, like, your own, um, you know, channel ID thing, if you know what I mean. Like, youtube.com slash blah, blah, blah. Until you get what is it, hundred subscribers? I think. Yeah, I haven't got so, that. Yeah, so you you know subscribe. You have to Google him 
Um, and I think also there's the new winter YouTube, which just has these episodes basically up. Um, and one of the related channels is Dan's channel. So there are ways of, you know, finding it. Um, but yeah, dreadful discs. Check dreadful discs. That's it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Dan, let's, let's get into this then. Let's get into the, the juicy, juiciness. Who should go first? Who do you want to go first? Uh, uh let's, let's hear your one. I want to hear okay. some new music. You listen to my one. Yep. Here we go. Song number one from me to Dan. Let's Ooh. do it. slog <laughs> did not like yeah. that oh why not <laughs> um it sounded like something from a like early 90s dance compilation like a like i used to have like a k-tail like best of dance chart hits <laughs> really do you think uh, yeah is it just because of the trumpet i quite liked the trumpet towards the end <laughs> oh, really okay <laughs> Um, it was like the, I don't know, I, I, I don't know enough about like rap and hip hop and stuff, but it just sounded quite dated and a bit kind of twee, almost okay. in a way, a bit quaint. Um, Interesting. I quite liked some of the kind of uh, computer game type chords mm-hmm. behind it all, but it wasn't, wasn't something for me really. Fair enough. I don't suppose you know what it is then or anything. Not the foggiest. Not the foggiest. Um, it was, well, so it was Banks and Steels featuring Ghostface Killer, okay. who you may, have heard, you may have heard of. Um, and the song was called Love and War. Now, the interesting thing is that uh, Banks, Paul Banks, is the Banks in question, who is the lead guy of Interpol. No. Yeah. And what people, he does a lot of like, he doesn't do a lot, but he does his own like little solo side projects. He had like, uh, what's it, Julian Plenty. Um, he released an album called Banks, which actually has a couple of good songs on it. Um, but what people may not know about him is that, well, one, he's actually from Essex. People don't know that. It's true. He's born in Essex and then went to live in America. Shocking. Um, and maybe, maybe via Mexico. I didn't make that up. Um, but he loves hip hop and rap. Um, he's big into that. And this is, um, yeah, a little collab he, he did, uh, with this guy, Steels, who might be, I don't know if that's his rap name. I don't know anything really, um, about like even Ghostface Killer. I know the name. That's about it. Um, but they did a whole album. I think they might have done two albums now. Um, so it mixes up this kind of like, Paul Banks Interpol sound with rap and it's weird and I um, don't like it. <laughs> so did they go back into the 90s to do it as well? No, so no it's fairly recent. So um, I thought it was something interesting when I heard he was doing it. I was like, I'd be interested in what that sounds like and I really did give it a chance. I'm not... I do there's some, I like, start again, I like hip hop. I like some rap. Um, but I would usually never really go out of my way to listen to it, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think probably the only people I'll, I would say hip hop wise, I actually go out of my way to listen to a gang star, um, who I really, who do really like, but that's about it. And that's because they've kind of, they've with, not, I'm going off on a tangent now, but with gang star, it's, um, it's kind of got that more chill kind of cool vinyl, like warm kind of sound. And it's kind of all about like all the lyrics are basically saying that, um, this gangster rap stuff is just stupid. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> essentially sounds, that's good. Yeah. And it's a bit, yeah. but it's all like done in a still a like overly mm. macho way. Like, you know, cause they're like old school, um, rappers as well so it's kind of like you kids coming up talking about you know bashing each other up with baseball bats or whatever you know you've not even been to prison you'd be scared mm. kind of thing like you don't know what it's like you don't know what this is like you're just spouting shit yeah. 
So it's, it's, it's not, um, it's not out and out being like, you know, it's still got that match. I think of like, you don't remember what it's really like, man. Uh, you don't have a clue. In the sort um, of MC Hammer vein, um, <laughs> where he was very much talking about, well, no, he's saying like, you know, I'm an Oaktown G, um, don't like do drugs or muck about or anything. Um, but also at the same time, like Hammer is an eagle and yo a dove. Um, tour with the hammer and meet defeat, that kind of thing. So it, it was laying down like a fat diss. Um, yeah, that's it. That's gangster. <laughs> um, sounds good. I probably like it. It's it, the, well, yeah. And the thing is, is that the actual tracks they use and they sample are really fucking good. So it it works on both levels. And I like stuff like Beastie Boys and whatever and all this. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, but when I was listening to that, I was like, really tried to give it a chance. And I was like, some of the weird guitar stuff and rock side of it that Paul Banks is doing just feels like the cast-offs of Interpol, which it probably was, to be brutally honest. Um, <laughs> so you just went, rapping over the top. Yeah, there you go, guys. Some dregs from the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, we just did an album, and this is the stuff we didn't use, but I thought it was still all right. So <laughs> let's just make a rap, put some rap over it, and we're done. Um and uh, it just doesn't really um it's like hats off for like doing it but it really doesn't hit home with me i just every time i listen to any of that stuff if it pops up on one of my spotify things or whatever i'm just like oh, i can't i just can't <laughs> <laughs> next but um some people might like it i don't know um but yeah if you hadn't guessed already that was my shit get that shit out of the way Get that shit right out. Um, get, so, yeah, that's that. Any other comments about it? No. Now that, now um, that you know it's um, Interpol inspired. Still didn't like it. Um, <laughs> the only yeah. the only hip-hop I've listened to recently, I, I listened to a few bits and bobs like when they get really high like reviews in the mainstream. Um, mm-hmm. So I listened to that, uh, Kids See Ghosts, that got quite no, a lot of... Quite a lot of hype, but I think it was this year, earlier this year. Um, and people were saying, like, it's really, like, experimental and kind of, like, progressive and a little bit psychedelic and abstract. I thought, oh, that sounds quite interesting. It wasn't any of those things. It's just some rap. Right. Yeah, but yeah. it's um, Kanye West and Kid Cootie. Cootie? Oh, okay. Coo- yeah. Cooby Dooby. Cooby Dooby. Scooby Dooby. Yeah. Just didn't, didn't land with me. Okay, well, let's go on to the next track, which is your number one song for the day. (laughs) Enjoy. Thanks. Just look through your window. Look who sits outside. Little me is waiting, standing through the night. When you walk out through your door, I'll wave my flag and shout. Ah, beautiful baby, my burning desire started on Sunday. Give me your heart and I'll love you till Tuesday. Da 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 da. Da 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 da. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> Did you enjoy that? Yeah, that was um, really catchy. I tell you what, it, it, when I was listening to it, it transported me back to a time when I used to like watching like old black and white British movies about like the 60s swinging London or something. Where it was <laughs> like, you know, everything was like all uh, jaunty and positive and happy. Not like a, you know, not like a kitchen sink drama, but just a bit like... Oh, you know, what the old mucker, whatever, going around London town and all the <laughs> things that we're getting up to, whatever. Um, not quite carry on, but in that. Whoops, misses. Yeah. And um, yeah, it felt uh, a little bit like that. Like it wouldn't be out of place there. I've no idea who it is, um, but it's a very happy song. You know, it left me all warm and fuzzy. Oh, inside. that's nice. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it because I absolutely fucking hate it. Can't stand it. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. 
obviously to go in like, oh, this is really like nice little, what a nice little ditty he's put on. <laughs> I just find it absolutely like nauseatingly cloying. Um, the, <laughs> the cringeworthy, embarrassing. Um, embarrassing. It's, uh, the bits where there's like that, that, that faint uh, in the voice, so it's like, oh, oh look at me. Um, <laughs> especially there's a really contrived kind of like little, little like laugh in one of the lines. Um, yeah, yeah. And in all, other versions that. of this song, um, that is also in there. So it's just like, oh, it's so contrived. Um, and then <laughs> right. that sentiment, that sappy sentiment, like, oh, love you till Tuesday. It's a little bit cheeky. Um, but then just to like drive it home at the end, I might stretch you till Wednesday. <laughs> but that's what I like about it. It's almost like that kind of, you know, old English, um, you know, nod and a wink, you know, oh, cheeky. Yeah, um, he liked his cheeky charm. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, and it I, felt like it was <laughs> endearing in a weird way rather than, <laughs> rather than annoying and embarrassing. Makes me want to tear my fucking eyes out. Brilliant. Well, I, if it, you'd be pleased to know I got some enjoyment out of that. Good. I thought you needed to hear it because um, I heard it recently. It's a song I've known for a while, but I've been on a David Bowie kick, right. and that is from David Bowie's first album, David Bowie from 1967. Is it really? That was David Bowie. Uh, yes, indeed. Um, the whole of that album is kind of like that. It was at a point in his career where, like, he had some early singles. Then, if you know this, like yeah. 64, 65, 66. Um, uh, with like Davy Jones and whichever backing band he had at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, then he got signed to Derham Records, but his manager was kind of trying to like pitch him as an all-round entertainer. Mm-hmm. And I think Bowie quite liked some of those like music hall type entertainers, particularly this guy Anthony Newley. So I think he kind of didn't really know what he was doing or where he was going, but he he took on a lot of that um, influence on this first album. Uh, so it's all quite well it's like that campy and a bit sort of kitsch but jolly um mm. there's a few songs that go off that and start to like hint just like some lyrical themes um that you might kind of expect from Bowie later but really it's like if yeah if you've never heard any of that it can be quite like shocking yeah well it was <laughs> it, it has been i am considering well, myself shocked you like you're you're thinking god why did they throw his career away <laughs> <laughs> what an idiot he could have he followed could... uh, in the footsteps of bruce forsyth and, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah forever planted in the 60s though i don't think <laughs> don't think that kind of music made it made it any further really in reality um that's uh yeah well that's what's an intriguing little gem you've put put in front of me it does make me want to go um i mean i've not really um you know, listen to David Bowie's entire back catalogue, but maybe I should start. Yeah. <laughs> start right from the beginning with that album and, <laughs> yeah, make, make my way through it. You should. That's what I did, actually, um, at one point. I just went, oh, I know all these Bowie songs, but I don't know any of the albums or, like, deep cuts, and I don't really, like, know where they go in his career. Yeah. And I just went through album by album. Um, and it's a very rich and rewarding experience. Yeah, I bet it is. Yeah, it's a good yeah. idea. Might do that. Maybe do it for the show as well. Oh. Um, oh. Okay. Uh, we're now done. Um, please go ahead and listen to my song number two I've cared to ordain you with. Woohoo! Enjoy. Smashing little uh, ditty 
Um, I really liked it. Have you heard it before? No, I haven't heard it before. Uh, it sounded a bit to me like the Arcade Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, is that was it then? No, <laughs> no, but it was um, around that time. Um, uh, who was it? It's Wild Beasts. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, and it's off. It, what is uh, probably one of my top five albums ever? Um, two wow. dancers, which um, to this day, every time I come back to it, it feels um, brand new. And they've had some. They they did a farewell tour uh, last year or the year before. Um, but yeah, where they were like, "That's it, like we're done." Um, and the album uh, that they had released just before that wasn't very good in my opinion a lot of people liked it but i didn't really think it was that great oh uh, it's funny it's one say, of those things sorry go on. it's funny you say that like farewell talks i always think of them as like one to watch uh, right, right. yeah they've been around for ages it's passed me by <laughs> yeah been and gone <laughs> and i'd just seen them i was gonna go but i was like i had literally um just seen them twice in one year the year before um which was i was at glastonbury and also they were uh, um, oh, I think it was the, the uh, British summertime in Hyde Park thing as well. And so I was like, I'm done. Like, <laughs> I don't need to see them again. I didn't really think the new album was that great. Um, so I'm okay with not seeing them again. Mm. Um, but I do kind of think, oh, well, maybe. But then I have, I think I've seen them in total probably about seven times. Wow. So I'm like, that's enough. Like, you know, I'm done. I mean, bear in mind, like, they've been, I mean, uni, I think I was at uni when, um, that, that album came out, Two Dancers. I might just check it out quickly now whilst I'm talking to you. But um, I don't think I've ever heard you talk about them before. I didn't no. know they were such a huge part of your life. Yeah, massive. Um, specifically, this album, Two Dancers. Uh, but that song, um, yeah, it's called uh, We Still Got the Taste, Dancing on Our Tongues, um, which is a lyric, obviously, within it. I noticed that lyric. Um, it was peppered with some quite nice little arresting images and phrases. Um, yeah, they're weirdly my, quite. Um, yeah, it's, they're weirdly quite sexual. Some of their uh, lyrics, especially like going forward into the other albums, there's like a, um, a weird like rawness to it. But that vocal style of like really high and really low. Um, it's just like sonically just so interesting to listen to anyway. And it will always um, be quite sensual, that approach. Yeah. Kind of sexy. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, yeah, so sorry, 2009 that came out. I was thinking I was at uni, but um, I can't remember when their first album came out, but I remember uh, thinking, oh, yeah, um, yeah, that was, that was good. But, yeah, when this album came out, I was like every track – on here is like a, an experience within and of itself. And I think one of the tracks got used in an O2 advert for like a year or a couple of years or something, which you might, um, you might hear underbelly, mm. I think it's called. Uh, but yeah, so I highly recommend anyone to listen to a British band. Um, and yeah, it was a bit of a shame when it's like, they said, you know, this isn't working out <laughs> like, wasn't like creative differences i don't think or anything like that i think they were just like it's you know no longer viable <laughs> wow that's um, a real shame are any of yeah. them carrying on with any other projects do you know? I, I don't know i haven't haven't looked into it i'm not sure they're all just down the betting office now yeah exactly done <laughs> god um, that's depressing yeah but they're so good like so amazingly good but yeah the albums post that um are all as far as i'm concerned don't quite hit the heights of two dancers but there's some incredible tracks still on the on the you know on the later stuff um but yeah unfortunately that last album they just released was a, it had like a little bit you know of an electronic they kind of have some of that stuff anyway in their tracks but it had more like almost like a dancey electronic thing to it oh and, no. and i was just like it was not like proper but i was just a bit like i'm not digging this like <laughs> it's not really what I've come to Wild Beast for. And I get that they were trying to maybe try a new style or something like that, but for me it didn't really This work. happened to a lot of bands from around that era when they ran out of ideas and steam. They tried to introduce elements of EDM and it didn't, didn't, didn't work for a lot of bands. No. And then it just left them, it exposed them, I think. And then people thought, oh, they're sort of 
bankrupt creatively. Yeah, it's it's a shame. So they did. Um, I've just got it up in front of me now. So their first album was Limbo Panto, which is okay. It's okay. There's a couple of tracks which are good, but it's meh. Um, that was in 2008. And then, yeah, Two Dancers, which was this, which was 2009. It peaked UK anyway at number 68. So I don't know how, it doesn't say how it did in um, America or anything out there, but I know most of the Americans listen to this um, to this podcast anyway. But yeah, try and seek it out and listen to it. I mean, obviously it's on Spotify, whatever, and all this stuff. Um, especially if you obviously like the song. Smother was their uh, other one, which is 2011, which reached number 17. That was great. Um, and then Present Tense, was not as great, but it still had a couple of good tracks. That was in 2014. And then 2016, Boy King. Um, yeah, which I didn't really rate that much. And that got mm. to number nine in the charts, which is pretty good. The highest rated one. But yeah, it's a shame. Um, yeah, so I won't keep going banging on about it, but just that album in particular, I'll probably try and do an episode on it at some point um, because it's it was, you know, and this when we did the horrors, Primary Colours, that was, um, you know, 2009 as well it was a really great year that year uh, red letter year for you mm, yeah um, it really was as i think we established in the horrors episode i can't remember a sodding thing about it <laughs> <laughs> where yeah. i was or what i was doing yeah i think i i thought i was um i heard them at uni but maybe not obviously not um yeah um cool. what i really liked about that song um was the line trousers and blouses make excellent sheets so what I'd love interested in knowing is if they've got any more songs that give us um, sort of thrifty tips on uh, domesticity. Maybe they flip through a copy of Woman's Own and set that to music. <laughs> well, but then tell you what, search it out, go through their entire back catalogue <laughs> and let me know. And you again, you have an enjoyable experience. Hopefully with that. Um, okay, yeah, that was uh, quite a big... Uh, for some reason, I thought, why haven't I chosen anything off this album? <laughs> album yet um yeah so i'm glad that i was able to kind of put it out there yeah i'm glad you enjoyed it glad you're out in the open with that finally yeah i know it's one of those weird things where you're just like why have i not thought about this like <laughs> closeted wild beasts fan <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so i'm gonna listen now to your number two track let's go Drifted, drifted around in my head there for a little bit. Um, yeah, I quite like that. It was very non-intrusive. Um, it's quite a nice little, nice little listen. I thought. Yeah, um, pretty low key. It sounded quite nineties. I don't know if it was. I've not, uh, not, I didn't recognise it. It's older than that. Um, oh. It was. It's the Meat Puppets. Right. Okay. Um, a band that I haven't really listen to much of um and that is from the meat puppets 2 album mm-hmm. so i think i listened to it once a few years ago and i was just listening to it yesterday and that song just kind of jumped out a bit at me yeah um, i can see why it's um yeah weirdly um about six months ago or whatever i decided to go back and listen to some i think i was listening to unplugged like nirvana unplugged again and I was like, you know what? I never listened to Meat Puppets properly. And yeah. I went back and did some of the stuff because it's quite, um, like their original songs of the Nirvana stuff is very different from how Nirvana cover it um, in Unplugged, I thought, anyway. And yeah. it's quite interesting. They've got quite an eclectic, uh, isn't it eclectic really? Or is it just, it's just an interesting sound um, that, yeah, track in, track out. I'm just like, I don't really know what's going to be next and <laughs> what's going to pop up. Yeah. Um, but I didn't listen to any order or any album specifically. So, yeah, I don't remember hearing this one. Oh, uh, well, you might have heard this one because... So this is from Meat Puppets 2, and that is the album that has those three songs that they did uh, with Nirvana on. Right. Yeah, maybe I did or didn't. Um, yeah. 
realizing. Yeah, so obviously they, those three spring out, and this was like kind of the other one that I thought was up there. Um, I like I like that it's got a kind of like watery, uh, warbly kind of sound. It's almost like as if you've discovered a warped cassette. Yeah, with this like really nice kind of folky song on it. Um, but yeah, I think at that point, so this is 1984, their second album. And their first like EP and album were really different. They were like quite it's like a hardcore thing, hardcore punk. Right. Um and not that very not not that good in my opinion. Um so I'm glad they kinda like shifted style on this. Mm. And then I think I think after this they sort of developed some more maybe dropped some of the weirder aspects of it and developed a more kind of like commercial alternative rock sound for the nineties. Mm. Um, so this is definitely like their peak, I think. Oh, yeah, I have to go back and uh, give it another listen. But um, yeah, that was nice. It's a nice little, yeah, um, getaway for my brain. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, what track are we on now? I forgot what that um, was. Your number three. at all i didn't recognize it i haven't heard it um but i loved it oh good bloody brilliant yeah so that's john mouse oh i was just about to say that oh, sorry i reckon that's john mouse i thought because he's yeah i recognized the register yeah you know the yeah. voice um <laughs> at times it had me laughing something slightly comical about that voice at times yeah the way he just like sticks on that even keel yeah um but that, that's part of the appeal, and I like how just like totally deadpan Morosa is. Mm. Um, although I've got to take some umbrage, cool. and uh, I've got a bone to pick here, because last time we did the show, I picked a track from Neil Young's Trans album, yeah. and you, you made a mockery of it, <laughs> and then you go and give me this. <laughs> it's completely different. <laughs> you cannot compare <laughs> those two songs. <laughs> Similar in the slightest. Uh, um, that heavy sort of synth, new wavy influences on both, ugh. and sort of sad, sort of mournful, mournful kind of quality to both pieces of art. Yeah, I still um, think it sounds like that Tim and <laughs> sketch. <laughs> I've been thinking about that. Maybe I'll, I've got to watch um, that again. Yeah, uh, yeah, he should do. Uh, yeah, so if John Mouse is actually friends with Ariel Pink, and yeah. weirdly, because you got me into Ariel Pink to begin with, and I kind of started researching around him a little bit, and one of the things that got thrown up was this, um, was John Mouse. And yeah, it's uh, his al- this is from the album, it's called Quantum Leap, by the way, but it's from the album We Must Become the uh, Pitiless Sensors of Ourselves. And it was a tip from 2011. Yeah. And I've listened to his other albums and this is um, my favourite one. I think he kind of found his groove here. Um, yeah, his last album, uh, Addendum, um, I felt like it was almost parodying what he'd already done a little bit. And it's not because it's kind of his style. But I was like, yeah, it doesn't quite have, maybe it's that kind of mirth, that kind of melancholy, which, you know, I love um, that, uh yeah, we must become, etc. Has, uh, but yeah, again, all the tracks on that um, on that album are like that song. <laughs> it's pretty, considered his good. best, right? It is, and and I think like I don't know, like Pitchfork or one of these um, review sites. I'm pretty sure they rated it somewhere like near the top of their um, best albums of that decade. Right, that wouldn't surprise uh, me. It's great. Which is this decade that we're currently in? That we're still in. <laughs> still in it yeah um the other one i've listened to when it came out was screen memories quite a lot yeah and again um, it that's was really like, good yeah again it was good but i was just a bit like eh. i would rather go back and listen to yeah we must become 
etc. Um, not yeah, it's kind of more of the same. Yeah, exactly. It does feel like yeah, he's kind of doing the same thing, but he did it best on this album. Original and best. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, have you seen him live? As in, um, well, in person, if you have, but as in any no. of his live stuff online or anything like that. No. So he basically like just plays the track as a backing track or whatever. And he screams like over the top of it and just goes crazy on stage. So <laughs> it doesn't, so when you hear it, if you, if that was your introduction to John Mouse, you'd be like, what the fuck <laughs> is, <laughs> is this? What am I watching? Um, Cause yeah, it's just him with a microphone tracks are playing in the background and he's just screaming, just screaming <laughs> to the microphone. Which I mean, you obviously listen to these tracks, and it's like, oh, whatever. Yeah. You're like, what? <laughs> it's really strange. Um, yeah, and I remember he was in the news, uh, well, the music news recently, because his brother um, died whilst he was on tour with him, or something like that. Uh-huh. He cancelled the tour. Um, Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm probably promoting that album, Addendum, but... um yeah, it's uh, it's a great album if you haven't listened to it already. Uh, yeah, Drum it's us. interesting. Um, I always think seeing how these kind of artists um, perform their work live on stage. Um, you know, when you've got so much of it is just being produced by computers and synthesizers. Yeah, uh, it's fun to yeah like when they embrace an element maybe of like performance, um, also like performance art even. Just going, look, we've got to make a show out of this somehow. It almost makes a mockery of kind of like traditional like live music or like people expecting to turn up and see a band, like a three-piece band. Yeah. Like we saw, I can't remember who it was, um, supporting Ariel Pink. And do you remember, he, he just sat there um, and he had someone, it was like he was um, almost like the Kurt Cobain at Reading thing with like the wig on. Yeah, I spoke And he had someone like recent. pressing a button. Yeah, his, it was, oh God, what was his name? um george albrecht or something yeah something like that yeah um but i contacted him on instagram um uh just basically saying um i love you i want to have your babies yeah no because i yeah because after that gig i did start listening to some of his stuff and then yeah went on um instagram was like oh right he hasn't really got that many followers or anything like that that's a bit weird and i remember contacting again oh are you playing any gigs near here soon and, he, and he's basically just moaning. This isn't John Mouse, by the way. This is this other guy. Um, he's basically moaning how he just can't get the work, <laughs> essentially. Wow. Um, and also that uh, he was saying like how Ariel Pink, he basically only was only able to do the tour because Ariel Pink obviously like chose him to uh, uh, to do it and because they're mates and whatever, rather than, you know, he's, he's like, I can't 
um, get the gigs otherwise. So it's like, oh, it's a shame. But I, I liked his kind of like, yeah, arty performance. And those songs were good. Like, they're still good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's annoying me. I can't remember the guy's name. But um, yeah, that whole thing was pretty cool. Yeah, the interpretive dance, him just sitting there and he had like a doctor behind him, yeah. a nurse kind of thing behind him. And it was just all, yeah, hair. And he was like being brought on and off stage. Like he was some like really old man. And there was like um projection going on in the background and the lights were going a bit mad. And the music's like a little bit... It's like electronic synth stuff, but um, it's a bit different. It was good. It was really, really good, that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And I remember uh, I said something like, oh, if you're playing, you come to the UK and you're doing a gig or whatever um, and you need a support band or whatever, something stupid, some kind of throwaway comment. And then, it, yeah, he went quiet. So I think that was, <laughs> that, was <laughs> that. was that. Um, oh, dear. Yeah. Anyway, better John Mouse, why not? Right, so um, I'm now going to listen to your number three track. Okie doke. That's it. think about it (laughs) it was um it was interesting i didn't not like it um i liked how kind of arty and experimental it kind of sounded and when it kind of got into like the hook and the groove i was like yeah i'm really enjoying this but it did um felt quite dreamy uh to a degree as well and i quite liked that opening yeah as you were saying earlier about like the warping tape kind of sound mm. um and it felt like it was verging on shoegazy a little bit uh which i liked um but yeah uh i'm not sure what to think about it <laughs> to be, to be I, honest i thought it was a surefire hit with you um yeah i mean it kind of is and that's why i'm i'm kind of a bit in the middle because i'm like it's part of me thinking, I want to really like it, but there's something holding me back from just going off the deep end. You don't want to seem like a pushover. Yeah, maybe. maybe <laughs> um, yeah, that, it's categorised as like garage rock and shoegaze. And when, it, when you listen to the whole album, yeah, you know, some songs are more shoegazy. That to me is like the song that's like the nice um, balance of, of both. Like it's got mm. that very strong hook in it. Um and then I like all that stuff at the end that it goes into. I actually thought there was once upon a time, this is the kind of thing uh, you might have produced. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it does have that kind of <laughs> feel to it. Um, yeah, I did I did like it. I'm just I'm unsure how much. I think I need to like listen to it a couple of times, if you know what I mean. One yeah. It was a track that it suddenly popped in my head. Like I was walking down the street one day and I had that, that hook and the, the, the vocal refrain. And mm. I was like, oh, it's that. And I went back and listened to it a bit more. Um, yeah. It was a bit of a, like a weird, you know, like when you just like stumble on something completely, I can't even remember how, but I was probably reading around on like a blog or something. Mm. Um, so this came out in 2015. It's a guy called Marietta. Okay. Uh, it's a French solo artist. Um, and this album, I think, it was only released in France. Right. Um, so pretty obscure. Um, but I just noticed that he has released an EP uh, earlier, this, earlier this year. So he's kicking around. And if you're interested in a bit more of that, I think it's 
still doing more of the same. He used to be in a band as well, and the bands, I think, um, it was just a very similar kind of tack. He may have just, like, basically rebranded the band as his name, I think. Right. Interesting. Yeah, I have to, I have to check it out. Because, um, yeah, the I do album, love my shoe guys. Uh, the album's called Basement Dreams Are the Bedroom Cream. <laughs> Bloody hell. And it's true. <laughs> and that's I can that's attest F-A-C-T to fact <laughs> okay right um, okay cool and it's now your turn for the final song of my lineup, I believe song number four final countdown another hit coming your way woo seconds of the song all right that was an interesting part of it and that was it (laughs) (laughs) it's very um jolly Mm -hmm. upbeat number um a bit too probably a bit too in a a similar vein to david bowie love you till tuesday it's full of brimming (laughs) brimming with enthusiasm and good intent Mm -hmm. um missing maybe a little bit of an edge for me. I like something then to just, just sour the atmosphere somewhat. Interesting. Um, nice vocals. Reminded me of the Vaseline's, mm-hmm. the, the vocals side of it. Um, yeah, a bit, a bit too, a bit too, uh, a bit too shiny for me though. That's interesting. So it was a band called Yuck. Um, oh. Who I saw live many a moon ago, but this is from their debut album uh, called uh. Yuck. Um, yes. In 2011. And I only really heard about them because um, I used to like a band called Cajun Dance Party. And I heard oh. that the guy from that um, started up this thing called Jack. And they were going for like a grungy dinosaur junior kind of sound, um, mm. which I think they've done. Uh, yeah, I can hear the dinosaur junior thing in there. Yeah, it's like. Fuzzy guitars, poppy kind of beats, and it's all as you said, it's nice and jolly and stuff. Um, but yeah, it doesn't have that edge really. And the album's kind of like that. It's quite um quite pop in its own weird way. Um yeah. I have this album. All right. Um, because I remember at the time they were being hyped quite a lot in like they even got some mainstream press coverage, I think. Yeah, and people were saying like this is a new, yeah, neo grunge thing. And I thought oh, I should check that out, and uh, didn't really. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it depends. You know, what is grunge kind of thing? But yeah, yeah. it's um, it is very kind of nineties sounding. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, that that tag kind of um, sealed its sort of sealed its fate in a way, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I quite like it and um, every now and then I still put the album on and it's a nice um, happy kind of rock that I actually quite enjoy if that makes sense (laughs) it doesn't always have to be like so angry but it can still be like you know distorted guitars and happy tunes at the same time and I'm okay with that Um, can be (laughs) so yeah Uh, so that was my that was my last hit any have you any other comments on yuck? Just um, just keep keep on yucking away, yuck. <laughs> don't stop what you're doing. We love you. I think they did stop. I don't know. If, I've no uh, idea if they're still going. They did release some um, more stuff, but I never listened to it, so it's probably quite terrible. <laughs> um, okay. Um, thank goodness I've dredged up something so dark and bilious that it's going to wash all that 
lovely summery sunny taste away can't wait <laughs> here we go <laughs> song number four Enjoying my own song. <laughs> um, am I right in thinking that was Swan? Yes. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, because um, I think I've heard it before um, and I recognised it. A little bit. Um, Good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. It sounds um, like it's the end of a long running TV show or something. Yeah. Um, it's quite epic and yeah, uh, yeah it sounds a bit westerny. Yeah. Um, but I can imagine, some, I mean, I've not seen them live or anything, but I imagine that's something that works really well in a live setting um, as well. Yeah, well, I really wanted to see them um, in this like incarnation of the band. And um, and I finally, I kept missing all their gigs. I finally got to see them at the Roundhouse. I don't know if you've been to the Roundhouse um, in, yeah, yeah. in Camden. Um, but I've I've seen a few gigs there and I always find the sound quite muddy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I saw them and they make such a cacophony that it, it just didn't work. It was so sad. I've been waiting. I was so excited to see them because right. they just, all this sound and there's no nuance in it in a, in a venue uh, yeah. like that. So it was real shame, real shame. But um, yeah, I mean, that that's, everyone's talked about the live sound and experience of seeing Swans over the last few years. Mm. Yeah, it's... Um... It sounded, yeah, like it would be, yeah, quite the experience to, to see them. It's a shame it didn't work out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that was a bit of a, a long one, but I actually wanted to give you initially um, a 25-minute song, but I thought oh my it probably God. wouldn't go over too well. 25-minute? Trying to kill me. <laughs> Jeez. Um, um, you know their last, do you know, like, their recent albums or anything about... Like I only, it's kind of pick a mix on Spotify, really. Yeah, I haven't sat down and listened to, um, you know, like an album beginning to end or anything like that. Because these are real, uh, these are real like deep session albums where you, yeah, you have to just sit and enjoy it in one, well, one sitting, one evening, really. Um, So that song's called Jim and that was from the album in 2010, my father will guide me up a rope to the sky. And that was like their comeback album after being dormant or like dead for most of, I think, I don't know, uh, 2010, probably like over 10 years. Okay. Longer than that, 15 years. Wow. So they did that and that's a relatively sort of like normal album. Mm. Um, But then they produced three albums, which were all about two hours long. Mm hmm. And a, um, and all of them are full of these like twenty five, thirty minute songs. Right. Um, so yeah, when you when you listen to one of those albums, you got to kind of like sit down, buckle up. Um, but they're really good. I mean, they're all like so intense, dramatic, um, and quite subtle as well. They often build and build and build and build, um, like just around subtle shifts in arrangements and things. Mm. Um, and they're really about like the performance. You can you can hear that like like a bit of live improv going on. Um, but they're incredible albums, and those three like long form albums all kind of got really good reviews across the board, like nine and ten out of ten. Um, I think there's a real argument for Swans being like the the band of the decade, which is remarkable for a group that released its first material in 1982. Wow, Jesus. Before even us, really. Well, before me, anyway. Probably, yeah. Probably, <laughs> probably before you. find out the release date. Um, maybe I slipped out to the uh, soothing <laughs> strains of uh, Swan's debut EP. Yeah. Um, that was quite a dramatic finale. You could say it was a good Swan song. Or... 
today's episode. Shut up! <laughs> Any maggot wasting away in a black hole must not use such a joke. I don't remember him being a vampire. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Having an accent, maybe he did. <laughs> um, good old gatekeeper. So hopefully people will understand. Of course, they <laughs> of course they won't. Of course they won't. It's just us. Uh, so what are the songs um, do you think you would, you know, do some more investigating over? There was uh, the Banks and, I was about to say Stormzy, but that's not right. Um, John Mouse. <laughs> John Mouse, Yuck and Wild Beasts. Probably Swans. Um, they've got a new <laughs> album that just came out last month. <laughs> definitely, definitely uh, Swans. No, um, I think Wild Beasts. Yeah, I'll I definitely would check that out. That way. I liked that. Um, uh, John John Mouse. Um, I, that, you know, probably go back and listen to that. It's a nice reminder that I like him and should go and listen to that a bit more. Um, but yeah, like Wild, Wild Beasts. Because, like I said, I just like one of those bands that I always. I should check them out and they just totally asked me by and I had no idea they sounded like that yeah um, really good amazing album uh, so yeah what did you have you had Swans yeah god I've totally forgotten it everyone uh, David had. Bowie David Bowie yeah uh, Meat Puppets oh yeah Meat Puppets yeah and something else uh, what was that the, the shoegazy one. Oh, Marietta Marietta yeah, I think because I've kind of, you know, I mean, like David Bowie, yeah, obviously. Um, the others I've kind of know a little bit about, but yeah, Marietta, did you say it was? Marietta. Um, Marietta, I don't know anything about, so I think that might be something I, you know, I'll look into out of the uh, lovely smorgasbord you've put in front of us. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's it really for, for today's episode. And Dan, where can people find you? On Instagram at Dreadful Discs. Uh, and as we discussed at the top of the show, Dreadful Discs also on YouTube now. It's on the tubes. Um, and yeah, uh, you can follow us at A New Winter on everything Instagram, A New Winter, Twitter, A New Winter. Remember, there's two W's as well in the middle of that. You can support the show by going to patreon.com slash A New Winter. By this point, there'll be an episode on, we've already got the exclusive episode on Tron got another one on the first episode of mandalorian uh the new star wars thing and there'll be well probably by this point there'll be a second episode and the third maybe a fourth and a fifth um depending when this actually gets released and i did also just put one up about gears five gears of war five and i'll probably do one on shadow the tomb raider though i'm not sure which feed i'm going to put that on yet um and it might already be out by the time you listen to this anyway so that's it you can contact us and you into podcast at gmail.com and let us know what you thought of any of the songs, any questions you might have, something you might want to ask Stan, you know, how big his penis is maybe, um, what's his favourite food, his address, things like that. <laughs> you know, feel free to send in and um, might get an answer. Um, yeah, any final comments, Dan? Um, it would be really nice to hear from people if they thought our... Thoughts on the music were, were, were valid or shit. Um, <laughs> just get some conversation going on music because that's what we all do this for is our, our burning passion for the tunes. Yeah. Were the hits hits? Was the yeah. shits? Shit. Is there brown? Let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> is brown going down? Let's see. Um, okay, well, that's it. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Culture. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.